The future of music. 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 The future of music podcast. Hey there, welcome as always to all of you watching and listening to the Future of Music podcast where we show you how to survive and thrive in the future of music. My name is Ryan Withrow, one of your hosts, uh, the better host, the better looking host today, I will say, uh, is Jonathan Boyd. You, you just look so adorable. You look great. Uh, and, you know, I'm just going to say it. It's the time of giving and it's the time of compliments. So that's, that's what that is. Uh, John, it's good to see you as always, man. And uh, I'm excited for today. So I'm going to do a quick check in with you. What's good in your life? Number one, that's a big question. Number two, what are we talking about today? Why should they get excited? What's good in my life is that we're doing this podcast and yet another thing, yet another prediction has come true. Imagine that it comes through every, every single hour. We just, just like PayPal notifications when you make a sale, you know, it's like <laughs> new prediction, new prediction. <laughs> but uh, today, yeah. So something that we've been talking about a long time, which is playing music with just shapes and colors in VR and specifically helping. Uh, in fact, you know, at our company, we have a, a mission that's called helping humanity sing. And this particular thing that we're going to talk about today, it, like really hits right at the heart of that because it's allowing disabled folks to be able to play music with new VR instruments. It's so cool. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. You say PayPal notifications. I just think like negative comments on my social posts. Uh, it's just every day. Boom, 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 boom. You know, that's so yours is much more positive uh, than mine. Another positive thing that you can do is click like, click subscribe and click the alert. So you're alerted of every episode. Comment too. say, hey, say what's up, I think is what you say when you're cool. I don't know. Wouldn't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but also make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast platform before we get in. And speaking of getting it's now we're going to get into it. Uh, so I I daily, daily, man, I just nerd out on all I have to do. I'm not even kidding. I just go into all the news sources and I filter by the past 24 hours, sometimes the past week. That's the furthest I have to go. And before you know it, you've got like 50 search page results of all the new developments in music technology, technology in general that are happening. And this one just struck me uh, in the best of ways. I have a really good friend of mine over the years that uh, years ago was uh, like an angsty kid. Uh, and he went up on a water tower and he wasn't supposed to climb it, but he climbed it, slipped and fell off a water tower uh, oh onto his head. And had a massive uh, traumatic brain injury, like a, a 5%, 10% chance of living. And now he, he thrives. He, he can fully communicate. He owns a business. Uh, and he really made a turnaround. But I, I know personally through that connection, the struggles that people have when they have injuries like that and what it truly does uh, to their quality of life. It's, it's really intense. Um, so it's beautiful to see people focusing on things like that, as well as other disabilities out there, but there is a music research program out there and they're run by a charity called brain injury matters. We're going to put all their info in the show notes as well, because obviously we heavily support everything they're doing, uh, mm -hmm. for all of the people that are impacted by that. But the research, which is based in Northern Ireland. And in the video I show you, you'll hear that beautiful accent. 
it's it's a great accent. Uh, we're we're going to talk about them using virtual reality to allow musicians with disabilities to play specifically designed virtual instruments. This is from the BBC. So let's take a look at this video. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll be able to watch it with us. Uh, outside of that, a lot of audio. So we're going to keep it in there for you podcast listeners as well to follow through. And then we'll be back here. But check out what Brain Injury Matters is doing with VR. Now, a group of aspiring musicians in Northern Ireland have been able to compose and play instruments for the first time after previously being limited by their disabilities. Yes, it's all part of a special project involving artificial intelligence and virtual reality, as Niall McCracken reports. It's quite interesting to see people play and discover their musicality in ways that they did not think they would have. The music you are hearing has been created by people using virtual reality instruments. Queen's University PhD researcher Damien Mills is behind the project that is helping people with disabilities reconnect with music and the arts. Basically it's a headset that you put on, there's a couple of controllers and you are immersed in a different reality. Whenever you touch light with your hands, it triggers a sound and that goes into a, an audio engine and produces um, some interesting results. Mary Louise McCord has cerebral palsy and is a member of the musical group. I play the instruments on VR using the eye gaze technology. I also have the option of using my hands, but sometimes they don't behave. I can see the real world while I am in VR, it is in black and white. I love the options and freedom the VR allows me to experience any instrument I want. Christine Williamson had a brain aneurysm and Gary Wiley was in a car accident. Both have acquired brain injuries and are members of the group. Before this, I would have had various instruments that I'd have played that I couldn't do it now. And I thought, well, that's kind of over. But in actual fact, it was, only, it, was only, it was only beginning. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what it looks like to you when you're, you're in it. You see, you see the harp in front of you. As if I was playing a proper harp. The group recently used their virtual reality musical instruments to perform alongside the Ulster Orchestra. Their performance took place at Ulster University's Belfast campus and was part of the Belfast International Arts Festival. Niall McCracken, BBC News. Now, I- and there you have it, man. Uh, a lot to unpack here, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, for anybody that that is wondering, like, what was going on there? What are we seeing? Um, essentially what, what we're seeing here and what we're amazed at is it's musicians with disabilities able to use VR headsets, transporting them to like this different world where they have a complete choice and, uh, and freedom of instruments. Uh, they're able to use their hands. And you also heard, I want to talk about this and I noted it, the eye gaze technology as well. So we've talked all the time about VR, AR, and the ability that these headsets and these controllers and the hand tracking allow us to have. We've never dove into what further, what, what's further than that, and being able to actually utilize the eye movement and tracking to produce actions in a VR world is just incredible to me. And it's something I've never even considered or thought of in the process until you start to really think about people that cannot use their hands mm-hmm. and how do they use this? Like, it, so we're talking about how do we get accessibility of music and music learning and playing an enjoyment to the masses, to everybody, 
And mm-hmm. that's something we never even potentially considered. I didn't, I should say. And it's able to happen right now. It's happening with eye tracking. They're able to play instruments, which is amazing to me. Um, but they're able to use their hands or eyes to touch light and tap different virtual instruments to trigger different sounds. Uh, they can morph into different shapes, different sizes, and they're using specifically designed digital instruments created by that Queen's PhD Damian Mills. So first off, John, initial thoughts after seeing that, man. Yeah, well, number one, I love what they're doing, period. So kudos to them. I don't even use the word kudos, and I'm using it right now. Kudos to them, and we definitely have to connect with them. I would love to have them. I'd love to have Damian on the podcast because it aligns perfectly with what we're doing, and I really think we could do something together. So uh, Damian, if you're listening, congrats. This is amazing. You know, whatever the word is that that when you when you do put your hands together and you do this, whatever that word is, that's what I'm trying to say. I just can't think of the word right now. So thank you, Damien. <laughs> but look, this points exactly to what we've been talking about for years at this point. Um, in fact, I don't really know of anybody else outside of us. Uh, clearly, there are other people, but who have been talking about this stuff for as long as we've been talking about it. And now it's all happening. I feel like we say that every single episode, but it's the truth. It, it just keeps happening. And this shows me that, um, number one, it's amazing that somebody has, you know, somebody meaning a person or a group of people has taken the time and put in the effort and the thought to making this a reality for folks who have disability. That's incredible on its own. The second thing is the, this is very clearly going to be quickly become a commercial use type thing. I, I really think that there's a there's going to be uh, an opening market for things like this. And in terms of accessibility, well, we're talking about helping disabled people um, play music and specifically people in this case, it, it appears people who have previously played music. Right. But what about the benefits of playing music for helping you know, PTSD? We, we have students who have done that, who we have actually helped with that. But there's so many different things, autism, there's so many different conditions or so many different circumstances where something like this can actually elevate somebody, not just for enjoyment. The enjoyment is great, but it can actually elevate their circumstance, right? Help them grow smarter, help them grow more capable, help them rewire their brain in a, in a, in a great way. Um, and I just see so many applications, not only with the disabled, but specifically with making music accessible in general, because during this process, the type of instruments, the type of interfaces, the type of interaction, even like using your eyes to make music, right? All of that is going to evolve and it's going to, um, whatever the word that starts with an I, iterate. It's going to be an iterative process to where it gets better and better and better um, to where it's it's so usable, so accessible, so fun when you put on your, your VR goggles and you just basically go away to this musical world. Um, I can see kids learning with this, right? Um, People, adults who have always wanted to play music, but maybe they have hand issues or maybe they they can't do something with a physical instrument anymore. Um, There's just so many applications. I'm curious to hear what you think about it. I'm blown away. I I really am. Uh, I remember us talking. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was just us talking before we decided to start recording those conversations, Um, but it might have been. I I remember us having a conversation at one point talking about virtual instruments in VR when we were just talking like Quest 2 stuff and like there's some cool stuff happening. It's starting to come along and, and we're excited about it. But one of the first things you and I both locked in on is what is this going to do, not specifically for people that want to play music, but for helping 
people as well, because you and I both know it's one of the reasons we love music the way we do. Uh, Music has so many benefits outside of just Mm -hmm. being good at an instrument, Um, mentally, physically, uh, everything. I mean, there's a reason there is such a field as music therapy uh, that exists. And it's incredible to me how we could start using this to help not just create cool songs, but it starts to become so much more than that, as it should and as it needs to be. So I just remember us having that conversation probably like a year or so ago, honestly, about like, man, what is this going to do for like people needing to recover from brain injuries from, um, you know, people that are survivors and in horrible situations or people that uh, struggle mentally? Uh, What is this going to do for those people? And it was like, a oh, we can't wait to see it. And it's already here and it's already happening. Um, And I think the fact that two things, one if I, after watching this story as a musician, and I think about playing since I was like 12, but probably seriously since I was like 15, now I'm 36, I think. Uh, you lose track after a certain amount of time, I think. Uh, but thinking about all those years and what if tomorrow I couldn't? Yep. Like, it's not something I think we, we often think about or stop and think about. And I can't even imagine the amount of like sadness and like depression that that would instantly come into my life because it is my outlet it's my thing it's what i've devoted so much time to it's like my what i'm passionate about it's like waking up the next day and being like you can't do what you have a passion in anymore sorry it's it's gone um so thinking about that and seeing a company or a charity on the other side going like you don't have to stop the way you do it sure maybe that has to change but that shouldn't stop you from still pursuing the passion that you've had all of your life. You, you need to get back into it. We always talk about this barrier of physical instrument and how it is like that, that one level of prevention from mastery of an instrument or your frustration in not growing in an instrument. But also we start to think about the other side, like when we remove it because we can't do it anymore, uh, yeah. we need something in place. So the accessibility goes far beyond anything I could have ever imagined a year ago. And I'm so happy about that. And then let's talk a little bit about what I really want to dive into today, which is something you and I talk about a lot on this podcast. And that is the actual science behind what's happening here. And specifically for me, what I mean by that is when you see them playing, sure, are they playing instruments? Yes. But you see certain controllers, uh, you see certain interfaces where it's just colors or shapes or boxes that they're pushing to get sounds, the harp, uh, itself is different color strings so that they can identify the string colors. We talk about this a lot, making music accessible to people by removing the idea of music theory, removing yeah. the idea of the instruments as we know it, and just focusing on full creativity and brain use on colors, shapes, and making music in the simplest way, but the most beneficial way. So um, you saw it now. You, you saw what it looks like. Is that what you envision or a version of what you envisioned back when we had those conversations? And mm-hmm. also, um, you know, where do you see this being used further because of this science of using colors, shapes and everything and not physical instrument? Yeah. So first of all, um, no, I, I envision it to be a little bit different than what it is, specifically not using even the image or the idea of instruments that we know of, like traditional instruments. Um, in terms of, you know, the using colors and things like that, 
Uh, and in terms of like, how is, how is this going to be useful? Basically who can use it, et cetera. I always use this analogy of a bowling lane. So if you go to the bowling alley, you know, for kids, they have bumpers on the side and you can, you can put the bumpers up so they can't roll a gutter ball. I always say, you know, with our team, uh, I say this a lot that as a leader, it's your job to put out the bumpers. So, so the, the person doing the rolling, the person doing the job, right. Can't roll a gutter ball. It's your job to prevent them from rolling a gutter ball. It's their job to roll a strike. See what I mean? So what I'm saying is in terms of music, um, most people get confused because there's this concept called music theory and there's so many different components and they can, ex- they, this will make sense in a minute, they can access any of the different components of music theory and it's up to them to, uh, to try to make sense of it all and try to make music with it, which it doesn't really work unless you have somebody who's showing you exactly what to do and it still takes a long time even when you have that. But when we can put the bumpers up, when we can make a virtual instrument and put colors or dots, or we can set up a scenario where they can't hit the wrong note. They don't even need to know that. Right. And most people just want to express themselves. So imagine that in terms of, you know, teenage depression, depression, for example, what if there was an outlet for that, where you could put on VR goggles, you could just pick a type of music or type of sounds that you want to hear. And you don't even need to know anything about music theory. The system selects the right key, selects all the right notes, does everything for you. And all you have to do is just play and everything sounds good. Another thing I always say, you know, with our music students is that as, as people who listen to music, which is 98% of the population, literally, you already know what feels good to you. So if you are, if you go into a virtual environment and you're set up already and you don't even know about it with the right key, the right notes, the right everything, well, you're automatically going to feel what note you want to hit. Therefore, you can have this creative freedom, this expressive freedom uh, that I really think is going to be a major, major outlet for a lot of people and a lot of reasons. And and I, I completely agree with that. And I would also say that the idea of physical instrument on the other side, too, when you're, you're just trying to learn or you maybe have like this feeling like I kind of like the guitar or I, I kind of think I'd be into the piano you know, when you and I were young, it was you had to go buy the thing and you you'd sit down with it and struggle with it and then be like, why did I buy this thing? Uh, and you'd start to have the buyer's remorse instantly. And you'd be like, this is this is a waste. This is a total waste. I love that we're going into new generations with yeah. the reverse, which is you can start to learn and play and be free to play with instruments that are somewhat similar uh, mm-hmm. to that. But it's just in your headset and you could put it on and well, what do you know, maybe two months into it, you're like, yeah, I kind of really like it. Like I, I should go buy the actual thing now. So it's, it's allowing us to test the waters a bit. Uh, I'll tell you, my parents probably wish before I signed up for drums and then decided to go to guitar, uh, that I would have just gone to guitar. Probably they were probably mm-hmm. hoping that that was the case. Um, but I think that again, we really are focusing on what they're doing for for those with disabilities. I also want to say that those without, um, the same applies. You know, when you're talking about making sure you're in there in the creative space. So when we talk about accessibility uh, all over the place, the fact that we can be using the science behind this and the way they're creating this for both sides of this equation is just so amazing and it still works for both. And that is like the most incredible kind of adoption into something that I've ever seen. So um, yeah, I agree with that. So I guess the next question I have to open the the floodgates, so to speak, for us, because this is the future of music. Mm-hmm. This is obviously now the present, 
this is what it looks like. And I think in at least 80% of our episodes, we've talked about how the future of music is that we're going to go into this world of removing the physical instrument. We're going to be more creative. It's going to be in this space. Specifically this, specifically what we just saw, what do you think that means for the future of music learning or just music in general in the VR space? Yeah, I mean, simply put, I think it's a breakthrough. So I I commonly... There's an old story I used to tell about how long does it take to understand something? And most people will say like, you know, 10,000 hours or when you put in whatever amount of work. And and the answer is no, you understand something instantly. And when you understand it, your understanding goes from this instantly to the next level. It's going to the next level immediately. That's what we call a breakthrough, right? So when the iPod came out, that was a breakthrough because all your music all of a sudden goes on digital files on this little box that never existed before. And it allows so many new things to happen. Bitcoin is the same thing. The invention of the car is the same thing. I think this is this, a similar kind of breakthrough uh, because it's going to allow humans in general to learn the language of music for the first time in history without an instrument and without music theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also, as you're talking, I'm remembering that at no point in my musical journey uh, did I go into it to like literally saying things like, I really want to learn as much music theory as I possibly can. Yeah, uh, that's that's not the end goal. That's never the end goal uh, unless you're a Ph.D. at the age of 12. Uh, but it's really just not the end goal. The goal is. You listen to a song, you listen to, for in, for my case, a solo or something from a guitarist, and you're like, man, I just want to be able to like produce that feeling. Like I, I want to be able to have that feeling. I want that creativity. That's cool. What did he do? And then you're like, oh, great. Now I got to go through the music theory. It's always like this byproduct that's like this horrible, unfortunate circumstance that you're just like, you mean to tell me to write that stuff? I have to... I don't want to do that. That's going to take like four years to learn that. That's going to be awful. So I I think that it's starting to remove that in in like a way that I'm jealous of all the technology. And I feel like every generation will be more jealous of of the next advancements. I'm not saying that that stops with me, Uh, but I am jealous in the sense that this allows you to learn without realizing you're learning. And I guarantee you, if you play these things and you go into this and you want to go into a further step of learning an actual instrument and starting to get down the road of things like music theory, it's going to give everybody a massive advantage because just like you say, we listen to music every day and we know it sounds good. And there's a reason we know what sounds good. And it's because we've been listening to it for so long and we don't even realize that we're hearing a five chord resolve to a one chord. And that's why it sounds good. Like it's just everyday nature like it's just second nature to us uh and it's not until you go into music theory stuff that you're like oh that's why oh i mean it makes sense i hear it so i i understand that this is going to prepare a massive amount of people to advance a lot faster than i ever did in mastering music theory if they wish and if they don't they still have fun they still get to create exactly yeah and i think that's the end goal i mean i think that's really the perfect way to conclude uh, you know, where this is going and what the major benefit is. And again, we say it over and over, but I think this particular um, event, this particular sh- uh, segment that we just watched, I think is evidence as ever of this breakthrough that we're talking about. 
I agree. And uh, uh, just massive props to the team. We don't even know him personally. We're about to. I'm about to reach out uh, just to say hi and thank you. Because as a musician and as somebody that, again, has friends that are impacted by these exact situations, um, it's it's wonderful. That exact friend, his name is Kevin, uh, actually was a musician before he fell off that water tower. And that's all he did. He would just tour. He was a guitarist and a singer. And it wasn't until probably two years ago that he was able to get his hands around a guitar again a little bit, but it's still a a decent struggle. So seeing somebody personally impacted as a musician, being able to do this uh, and be creative is just such an amazing thing. And exactly what I think you and I just are in love with and support fully. So make sure you do the same in the show notes. You'll have all the links to go check them out. Go check out the charity, but also check out uh, the article that we specifically pulled for this from BBC. Uh, and yeah, Damien, uh, you'll you'll be hearing from us. All right. I, I think that's technically Dr. Mills at this point. PhD, you earned yeah. the doctor title. Okay, you earned it, my friend. Uh, and yeah, really good stuff. Really amazing. Go check out the video. And I just, I'm floored. Every time we do these episodes... It's a new thing that's not just like a, hey, they updated the processor chip uh, yeah. on on the next headset. It runs smoother. Like, that's good. No, it's like people are changing lives every single day with this technology and with music, and it's awesome to see. So make sure you like, you subscribe, you click the alerts, you follow us on your favorite platform. And as always, thanks for being here. Thank you, John, for being here. And thank you all for listening and watching to the Future of Music podcast. <laughs>